0: Hello and welcome to the Point Blank Show, a show where we try to spend some time talking to people, having significant insights or um, having you know achieved something in life. I'm your host Aditya and today I'm going to be talking to someone who has captured people uh, People in his camera, ranging from Newton to Aishwarya Rai, from Devanan to Ritik And uh, also to mention, uh, you know, Mr. J.R.D. E. Tata and uh, Field Marshal Manik Shaw, I saw those photos in the hallway there. Absolutely fascinating. Hi, Gautam. I have Mr. Gautam Rajadikshi with me. Hi. You know, before we actually got here, and I spent some time and thought about how do I actually introduce you. I read up on 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 a lot of things that have been written, and there were there has been a lot. Okay, uh, and they all some of them call you celebrity photographer, and
1: I've I've really never understood that. Does ah. that mean? That I'm a celebrity, (laughs) or I shoot celebrities. Exactly, I've never understood that. But I just take everything with a pinch of salt. I just love photography. I love shooting photographs. I love shooting people. I love getting to know people, and therefore, call me what you will. But photography and portraiture is my life, and that's what I'm here for.
0: That's actually very very true. And what the you know the point that I was going to get at is when you say celebrity uh, photographer, it actually sort of hijacks the focus from the photographer and puts it on the celebrity, right? And so... Not you know,
1: unless they want to equate me with all the other celebrities. Ah, so that, then you're okay with it. Then,
0: ah, I see that. Well, I That's uh, fine. It's n- not something that I ever...
1: Fame is not something that I ever chased. If it's come my way after so many years, well, I'm extremely grateful because not too many people, for all the work that they do, get the acknowledgement and mm. the appreciation that I have got during my lifetime, not posthumously. So therefore, in a way, I'm extremely grateful. I don't care what tag. Some people used to call me the soft focus photographer. Some people used to say he's only good with women. Uh I I, I think basically a portraitist is a portraitist and uh, all human beings are subjects. They must have, everybody has a certain sense of beauty, a sense of character, sense of achievement. And that is what I'm here to capture on film or on digital.
0: You you just mentioned a, a soft lens photographer or something like that, because I mentioned to a friend of mine that I'll, I'm going to be meeting, you know, I'm really yeah. excited I'm going to be meeting and doing a point blank with Gautam Rajadeksha. And he's like, you know, he's, are you talking about the soft lens guy? So you that see, is how
1: you're known. Uh, yes, unfortunately, what do I do? Uh, this soft focus uh, filter, which I started using way back in 83 or 84, was out of an extremely strange situation. Mr. Jayadi Tata wanted a picture of his shot for his book called Keynote,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Keynotes. It was um, a, a book which um, encapsulated all his keynote addresses. All right. Going back to 1947. So it's okay. like a collection or an anthology of his speeches. And uh, he had got one of India's greatest photographers to shoot him. But somehow or the other, he felt that he didn't look young enough, <laughs> really. Now, Mr. Jayadita at that time was a tender 84, 85 years old. You know, he was almost born with a century. And of course, you know, age has its time-telling yeah. relics. And yes, his skin was not looking great. And yes, he had some liver spots on his face. I said, oh my God, now what do I do to make him look young and to flatter his, you know, his... his self-esteem, his own vanity. Right. So I said, God, now, and those were the days when we did not have Adobe Photoshop, and we did not have all the various tools by which you can change people's complexion, their age, the color of their clothes. So I said, oh, God. Now, so therefore I asked Adrian Steven, a colleague of mine, I said, tell me, can you lend me your soft focus uh, filter? Because, you know, I've never used it, but you know, I have a subject. I didn't tell him who it was because it was obviously very confidential. And I went and shot him and, uh, uh, yes, of course, I did a lot of legwork trying to find out what his interests would be because I had to have a conversation with him. I didn't just want him to be completely stiff and
0: uh, okay.
1: non-responsive. So I got some of his friends and I, some of my friends and we had a wonderful one-hour during which I used the soft focus for the first time and... Mr. J. R. D., Uncle J was extraordinarily thrilled with the results. Okay. And from that time onwards, I think it got stuck to me whenever I was shooting people of a certain age. Or people beyond a certain age who still had their vanity, mm-hmm. who still had the star like quality about them. So and I must say nobody's complained.
0: So it just stuck, and that that how- stuck.
1: Except that I was probably then a whole lot of photographers followed me, but I was probably the first one to stop using it, and nobody really noticed that. Huh. I use it very sparingly, only for special photo session, because I don't want my name to be only
0: the prince of soft focus. I think I can do more than that. When when we decided actually to do this interview, you you sent me your uh, you know for a lack of a better word your bio data as so such. Hmm. I went through it. You started out as a chemistry professor, then moved on into advertising with Lintas. You know, you headed the photo services department there, then been a script writer, you become an editor of a Marathi magazine. If one had to remove the name Gautam Rajadiksha from the the bio data, it's all over the place. You know, it's very strange.
1: There was um, um, a journalist who came to me about uh, three years ago and she herself was pretty well uh, clued in as to what I have done throughout my life. She said, are you not very sure of what you want <laughs> to do? And I said, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I seem to be like a monkey on hot bricks.
0: Yeah, your parents might have had a problem saying, actually explaining what, you know, their oh, did. But,
1: you know, I turned around and said, but don't you think it's good that, you know, I have so many interests and I'm so passionate about all of them. I said, there are three or four that I haven't told you about, which probably (laughs) will still manifest themselves as time goes on. But I said, I'm one of the lucky few who love photography, who loved writing, who uh, was an ardent and a complete um, buff and a scholar. I would almost call myself a scholar in opera. I would call myself a very, very uh, well-informed man about world cinema, Hmm. Indian cinema. And if I get the chance to write about it, if I get the chance to even write a film, and now I've written three, I think it's just one of those extremely lucky lives that has managed to get uh, to practice all the things that he dreams about. Yeah. So therefore, all right, call me an indecisive, call me an uncertain person, but I'm having the fun.
0: Yeah, and you have, done, you have done well in whatever you have gotten into.
1: Well, that is for other people to decide because I've really never, as I've said, I've never gone after publicity. I've just been really blinkered to my hobbies. And I've done everything that my hobbies dictate and they, my hobbies have taken me through a wide source of uh, countryside. Hmm. And let me give you a little hit. I'm dying to do something with music. With music? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. And I will. Hmm. I will. There's still mean, time. Yes, yeah, there's still time. There's
0: always <laughs> yeah.
1: since I have no other distractions. I only spend all my time with hobbies. And the funny thing is if your hobbies are your profession, then
0: You're obviously going to be happy and happy, then make-
1: you know Mr. Vishantaram, the great director, I did a two and a half hour archival documentary on him. And one of the things that we yes. got into talking and then he said, you know, there are two things nobody should chase. One is money and the other one is will. <laughs> Let them chase you. If you're, if you're talented, if you're good, if you're, if you're good at your job, everything will chase you. And, um, well, I must say that I've really never even bothered to see whether they're behind me because I've just gone on doing things. Huh. And I hope that I have the energy and more than that, the, 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 the inspiration, the guts to go on doing things. So maybe people might forget my soft focus one day.
0: (laughs) And I'll keep that in mind. Money and women. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. So now, uh, earlier I mentioned so many famous personalities. You just mentioned Vishantaram. You mentioned J. R. D. Jay Uncle. Yeah, Uncle Jay. But there might have been a few people who you would have liked to photograph, but you didn't get an opportunity. You know, going back in history...
1: Oh, well, I mean, you know, I had an exhibition in Puna, and then it went on all over Maharashtra. This was in 2000, 2001. And then I had a repeat of that uh, exhibition in 2007 in London. And before that, I had done an exhibition in San Francisco. And um, that time, the question was asked again, and... um, since then, I think most of the people I really wanted to shoot, I have managed to shoot. Okay. I mean, Pandit Bim Senzoshi or whether it's uh, Uncle Jay or Ratan or Dirubai Ambani or Latayan Asha, who I think are absolutely like, you know, goddesses to me. Uh-huh. Um, I have Shatt Pancham, I was friendly, he's been in this very room listening to some of my opera stuff. So I think I've been quite lucky. Yes, but at the time of that exhibition, people asked me, where are pictures of Meena Kumari and Madhubala? Uh-huh. I said, my dear chap, for one thing, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Madhubala ji died when I was 16 years old. In that time, I probably didn't know how to hold the camera. And though I did know Nargis ji, and I had met uh, Meena Kumari ji, but the point is, I was not at all confident. I was not even doing photography as a hobby. Uh-huh. So, therefore, um, please forgive me. I mean, tomorrow you might ask me, why haven't I shot the man in Daro. I think everybody is a person of his or her time. You catch up. Now, I was very lucky to catch up with great people like Durga Khote, mm. who was the first lady of the Indian screen, or Shobhana Samad, that's Kajol's grandmother, or Dilip Saab, or Dev, or uh, Raj or... Um, Nutan, you know, the eternal great beauty. At the same time, I've been very lucky to get uh, people like Vincent Zoshi, Ravi Shankar. Uh, Who you do know. you prefer
0: though? Do you, do you prefer the, 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 you know, people from the entertainment industry or do you find it more fascinating to shoot the business types or no. the non- I'll tell
1: you, what pleases me most is when I'm shooting people connected with music. Oh, really? Always always Uh, whether they're singers or whether they're instrumentalists or uh, I mean whether it's uh, Allah Rakha and Zakir or whether it's Pandit ji or whether it is uh, Jasraj uh, ji or anybody related to music because I am such an ardent music lover
0: Hmm. that
1: I have always got questions for them Hmm. and the point is I (coughs) get them to play their instrument or get their Kanpura out and and start singing and I throw them relevant questions which are of course very dear to me because that's what I want to know. Like I remember Vishwa Mohan Bhatt, he's a a Mohan Veena exponent and at that particular time I was genuinely very very um, mixed up about two rags, one was Shankara and the other one was Hamsadwani and Mm. I said uh, sir can you tell me what is the difference? And the man got so excited. He gave me a a one-and-a-half-hour explanation (laughs) as to what is Shankara, what is Hansadwani, and where is that Nishad that changes, and how do you go from... As a result of which, I happily shot him completely. He was blissfully unaware of the camera, and I got my pictures. But at the same time, I also managed to get a lot from him. Similarly, when I was shooting Bhimsenji, it was about noon, and... um, and he I said, uh, I said, Bhimana, you can't possibly pose. I mean, you have to sing. He was he had already had his operation, Mayo just about a few years ago. And he sang and uh, in the middle he said, Can you can you recognize the rag? I said, God, it's all Komal notes, but it's not complete. I is it Vilaskani Todi and he was so happy. He was so happy because you know. That's it. Now, the point that I want to get to is, as a portrait photographer, it is very important that you get to know your subjects very well. And if you don't know them, and if there is no way that you can meet them before a photo session, then read out about them or talk to people about them. Find out enough information about them so that when you meet them and you start talking to them, that conversation becomes so easy that they don't look upon you as just a clicker or as a technician. They look upon you as a fellow artist or as a person who's well-versed, who has taken the trouble to get to know that person. Like, I mean, not everybody sends their bio datas to me. right? But then on the other hand, it is up to me to find out from mutual friends or from people who are close to them as to what are they doing now. So that maybe that could be a starting point to a good conversation. And a good conversation means a good photo session.
0: Is that is that how you actually prepare? Oh, well,
1: that's what I have been doing all my life because... Uh, one of the most awkward situations is to go to somebody's house and set up lights, or if they come over, set up all the lights, and darken the room, and they say, now, come on, smile, be natural. It's the most unnatural thing to do. I mean, you, 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 as it is, kick them up with makeup, and you make them feel completely, uh, see, with a film personality or with a film actor. When they are acting in films, they've got movement, they've got other characters, they've got their own characterization, they might have dialogues, they might have a song. So they can absorb all that and they are actually live performing. Mm. So therefore they can forget the camera. But even ask a photographer to face the camera, he too will start getting nervous. Because there is this very artificial, completely, what shall we say, set up, uh, atmosphere, and then you're asking that person to be, be completely natural. Now, that is something I realized long, long ago. And I found that with friends, they became so easy, whether it was Salman or Sangeeta, young years ago, much before they were in films. And they, they would come on a Sunday and I would just take out the camera and shoot them. And I realized the reason why they were so good, or Ashatai was so good in mm. front of the camera, is because our conversation never stopped. Until there came such a time when I used to actually say, Atta Zara, let's not now let's not talk, let's get a little bit of work done." <laughs> but the point is, if there is no invisible ice of a uh, wall of ice, then I think if people talk then it's much easier to commit. Because after all, the photograph, the portrait, has to be a fraction of reality of that person's personality. If you don't capture that, then you really haven't got a great portrait. <laughs> How do you do that? You put them in an artificial uh, situation, you use artificial light, you use this camera, there is this strange man behind the camera saying, now, turn left, do this, unless and until there is a rock ball. You know this word chemistry. Chemistry doesn't have to do with a model and a photographer getting to know each other well. It has to do at every stage. It is communication. The more you can communicate with uh, your 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 subject, the easier it is
0: hmm. actually, that was you actually covered one of my questions. you already answered to it. i don't know whether you are peeping into my sh- sheet here I'm not under- <laughs> I was going to ask you as to and very cliche line a uh, writer has thousand words probably in in an article, you just get a frame. so how do you ensure you' are telling the right story and this is this is a way you do it. Is communicate with uh, the I think every
1: photographer has a certain perception of the person that he or she is photographing it's a mixture of their achievements it's a mixture of your understanding of that person like with uh, Mr. Dilip Kumar, I mean he has this habit of just scratching his head <laughs> is it? to the extent that even if he's wearing a cap he's scratched the cap <laughs> I just felt that you know somewhere or the other when he's thinking I must get one picture of him scratching his head. Now, that was my perception of him. Everybody has idiosyncrasies or they have certain peculiarities. Some people use their hands very well. Vijay Mehta, the great um, theater and film personality. The way she uses her hands, I mean, it's almost equivalent to Maria Kalas. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, of course, a great actress, a great director. I actually got her at the NCPA auditorium mm-hmm. To narrate a full monologue monologue. and she used her hands. I shot the hands and I said, God, this is Vijayamitta. To me, that's a great picture because that's the way I have remembered her for the last 35, 40 years since I saw her when she was a young woman on the stage and I was a baby. Therefore, to me, it was like, ah, same with Didi, same with Ashatai, same with a whole lot of people, much older than me, but I've been lucky enough to catch up. So as I said, going back. You are lucky to catch up with people of a generation before or two generations before, and sometimes you're lucky to actually catch up or make or help make people of the next or the generation after that. I mean, that's true. I would say Kajol is one of them. Aishwarya, yeah. Kajol I know is a young girl, mm. and. Uh, Yeah, you just
0: mentioned uh, for, you know, photographing her grandmother. Yes, yes. Grandmother.
1: In fact, I would say four generations there. Mm -hmm. Grandmother, Nutanji, Tanuja, and uh, Kajol. Because, don't forget, Shogunaji started in 1934, Nutan in 1950, Tanu in 1963, and Kajol in 1991. So, actually, you could almost say there were four generations, though actually there were only three generations. Mm -hmm. And one day Tanu just rang up and said, look, my daughter doesn't want to go to college and no girl in her family cannot work. She has to do something. So we will shoot her pictures. Maybe she'll do some modeling. She'll do some." So I called her. And at that time, I was writing a script for Rahul Ravel. And and I said, Rahul, come, have a look. There is Tanu's niece and Tanu's daughter, both of them coming. So there are two Samarth girls. So would you like to have a look? And I started shooting Kajan in the world. He came at about, within five minutes, he watched and then he just left. And I said, what's the matter? He said, we've got a heroine. I said, my God, how quickly could you assimilate her talents, her uh-huh. attention? He said, I can make out. She's extraordinarily responsive to you. If she's responsive to a still camera, she'll be far more responsive to the movie camera. And now, history has more or less shown and proved that. Yeah. I thought, you know, Rakesh Roshan sent me his son. Way back in 1997-98 and um, thought Duggoo was excellent. He was superb. Then after the results went and all that, Rakish Rishan was extremely cool and very, what do you think? What do you think? I said, come on, Gudu, you know. You've seen so many people. No, but what do you think? I said, you know, he's ripe for the picking. Just just go ahead and do it for No, 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 no. I think we should wait a bit because, you know, if he starts too young, then, uh, you know, he might just become a young lover boy. And he waited for three years until he did Kahuna Pyaar Hai. But I could tell that he was definitely going to make it. Now, strange as it seems, there's a very touching little incident that took place. You know, I remember shooting Dimple extensively in the early 80s. Okay. And that time, there were two little girls used to come on the sets of Sagar. And then 15 years later, 12 years later, I was shooting Tina, Twinkle Khanna, mm. along with uh, Bobby Dev. And I suddenly became very quiet. But she was she's a very clever girl. Mm-hmm. So she came and she just took my hand and said, Gautam, what's the matter? You know what thoughts were going on in my mind? I said, God, have I stayed on here too much? I mean, there's a new generation and a new generation coming. So am I like a temple standing on the shores of a river and seeing people in people. boats going away?
0: Yeah.
1: Or am I someone who's moving and they are... St- it's it's, a, it's yeah. an extremely relative kind of feeling. Hmm. But how well she encapsulated it because without asking me a question, she just said, you know something? It's not that you are growing old. It's just that we are growing up. And that no really put in a nutshell what... So today when I get a pratik, or if I get, I don't know, Nana's San uh, mallar is about to start his career. And I mean, I might soon be shooting the third generation. Oh my God. So I'm prepared for it. I'm prepared for it because I mean, you know, you keep your heart young and you keep interest in this industry and you keep interest in people.
0: It's great. But then you also mentioned about, you know, people being responsive. Uh, you said casual was, you know, very responsive in front no. of the camera. There might be people who also, you know, don't open up. Oh as my much. God.
1: Many. In fact, um, I think most of the good actors are very unresponsive. Oh, really? Yeah, Amitabh Bachchan, extraordinarily stiff, Shavar Azmi,
0: hmm.
1: Amir Khan. You give them a character. Like, for example, I've done many, many shoots with with Amit or with Amir, collected with their films. Kabikushi yeah. Kabiga, Mohabbat, and for uh, Amir, many, Rangila, Ish, many, many, many films. You give him a character, he is outstanding. Oh, is with the beard and with the... He is just wonderful. But you just tell him to be nice in front of the camera and you're talking to him. No ice walls because I've known him for years. He freezes up. So does Shabana. So does Rishi Kapoor. And they are all great actors. The two exceptions are Kamal Hassan and Kajol.
0: They are very free and friendly. Now let's let's move on to, uh, you know, to your industry as such, as fo- you know, photographers as a whole. And uh, this question actually, a friend of mine wanted to wanted me to get your opinion on. Okay, it's about paparazzi and all those guys. First of all, do you do you consider them as part of your fraternity?
1: Well, I suppose we're all in the entertainment business, so yeah. you you are providing information to non-related uh, people about people. So, therefore, you're also into communications. So, we are all into communications. And these little splitting hair with a paparazzi and, uh, you know, clickers who just are waiting to, well, I suppose they're photographers of a different kind. They might be even quicker on the draw, like a gun. Right. And maybe we are a little slow. But the whole idea is, yes,
0: we are all under one roof is 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 there any justification for what they do from you know invasion of privacy sort of, of or, because their actions have led to you know serious consequences
1: well yeah. I have extremely victorian views about morality and for that matter um infringement to privacy i i am really the wrong kind of person except that I remember Rajesh Khanna telling me this many years ago, which took me a little by surprise because I didn't expect somebody who at that time was really at the peak of his power, Mm. to say, you know, it's extremely mediocre and false of a public personality to expect privacy. The very fact that That you you are in the public arena, Mm. wanting their applause, asking for their money, asking for their love and attention, whether it's a politician, whether it's a film star, or it could be even a cricketer, then you just have to expect and because the journalists and the photographers are doing their job because they are trying to feed the hungry masses who are so completely, you know, they're so burdened with daily chores and so much of their responsibilities and work. You're giving them a few minutes of joy, a little bit of information of someone they like or adore. Yes, but at the cost of what? A one-day sensation can ruin a person's life. And I have heard, I know of many of my colleagues in the film industry with one nasty story that appeared in a magazine or something. It has broken marriages, it has broken homes, it has broken chisms between parents and children. If you ask me on a pure basis of humanitarian grounds, I would say that it's infringement of the worst kind. But on the other hand, uh, it is up to the celebrity to know where to draw the line. How is it that you do not have any kind of gossip about a Hema Malini or about a Kajol? They both are extraordinarily successful. Hema Malini is an all-time legend now. Kajol is considered to be one of the best actresses in the world at the moment. Have you ever heard a nasty word about them or any kind of liaison? The, the the men that they were involved with, they got married to. And yet, people, there, there's a tremendous amount of interest. But you don't hear, it is how you conduct yourself. It's your own personal conception, your own concept of what you are and how you present yourself. There are people who lead double lives. All right, that's fine. You don't want to be talked of. In your privacy, you can do what you like. But then when you go out and when you are talking to people, then hold yourselves. To blame the lawyers, as it were, yeah. I don't think it's very fair, considering that why, first and foremost, why are you in this field? You're in this field because you want that kind of adulation, yeah. that kind of appreciation, applause. Then in which case, there is a price to pay. Yeah, You've so got now, to be ready for
0: everything. you can't be do. ready
1: to pay, but how much to give and how well to behave is based on your individual personality and your own character.
0: Basically, it doesn't work on your convenience. Mm -hmm. If you're out there... Nothing
1: works. Nothing works.
0: Now, the whole photography as a profession has moved on. Technology has changed. You know, from uh, earlier, there were only manual SLRs. Then there was point and shoot with those, you know, you had to forward the frame with your thumb. Then that was automated. Then digital came in, digital SLRs. And you have probably seen... Uh, all of these things. I've seen uh, everything from manual,
1: analog, single layer, single lens, reflex cameras to the latest in digital. Yes. I think the only
0: thing left, left might have been the raging of the bulb and then clicking. The well, button. but you know, I
1: may not have done those kind of pictures, you know, the studio pictures or uh, group pictures where yeah. they used to have this big black
0: cloth as yeah.
1: the photographer exactly. like disappear yeah. and then... But my God, the quality of photographs then, I mean, they used to take these huge groups of 50, 60 people, uh. you got, got those enlargements and you, and of course, all the subjects were told to freeze. Uh. Because obviously, because it used to be a long exposure, but the grain, the quality, the gray, uh, the gray scale, was so great, but I have seen that happen, because I was in Lintest when those cameras were still used for group pictures. Uh-huh. So though I may not have shot them myself, I've seen that age. I've yeah. seen the magnesium
0: flash going yeah, yeah, yeah. on. So I've gone through it all. Did you like the simplification of taking a Oh, photo? of course.
1: I mean, come on, let's face it. I, I think science and technology is something which is always meant for the betterment. And uh, what have you done in photography right now? Photography used to be optics and photography used to be celluloid and chemicals and processing and prints and stuff like that. So what photography was, was optics and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Now you've got optics and digital. So you've done away with the very tedious and extremely nervous process of, oh my God, my photo is going to come out all, all right, and my exposure is yeah. good, is the sharpness there? Is you know, all that is gone. You don't have to go through palpitations while you're waiting for the results. So in that one respect... I think it's a great, great book because it's almost like an Instamatic or it's almost like a Polaroid. What you see is what you get and it's there. So in that respect, I think it's great. Number two is storage. Mm. Because film used to be, I mean, you were always worried. Transparencies and color negatives don't have a great life. Transparency really is only very good if you keep it in great condition. What about two or three years? Because then the yellow starts going off and color negatives mm-hmm. has a slightly longer life. but then there are spots. So here at least we know that what we've shot is at least will last you your lifetime. Yeah. So therefore, I mean, the moment digital came, the first thing I did was to get some of my most memorable loved frames transferred onto, uh, yes, high resolution scans. Of course, black and white is a different matter. That's a purely inorganic, non-degradable medium. So what Daguerre shot or what Eastman shot Uh, 100, 180 years ago, you can still print. But color, unfortunately, does not have that longevity because they're dyes. Unlike dyes, they die. (laughs) So, but black and white is there. And how strange that, at least this is my own personal feeling, that I think um, digital is doing a pretty good job of making that two things. One is making it easier, Hmm. making it quicker, also helping us to store. It is also that through digital, like giving a man a fountain pen by which he can write his thoughts down, digital is giving children and every man and woman the ability to record great moments, whether they're with friends, they're with children, they're with babies, Otherwise, to get a photographer and to shoot at weddings or at parties, that is, I think, one of the greatest gifts of digital. That I, in fact, that day I was at the Taj and there were two girls who were not even 10 and they were with their phones. They were taking pictures. But from the way that they were taking pictures, when I could see from their point of view, Mm. they were framing it beautifully. So, therefore, somehow the... um, the appreciation or the acknowledgement of of the visual medium and to be able to participate in that, digital has made it very easy. Now, having said that, of course it's a medium that's growing. It's only the second generation digital. You still have to go through a couple more generations for digital backs to be as responsive and as sensitive as film. But then what started in 1839 had more or less perfected itself by 1995. That's when digital started coming in. Now, this is a completely different format. So you cannot expect the same results to come. A lot of it does come. But at the same time, you have to tweak a little bit. If you're a professional, you need to film was getting so close to the human eye. Digital has got a little inherent contrast. So you've got to bend your little grammar of Uh lighting to be able to achieve the same kind of result. So it, it still then, has to mature. I right? think so. Also, the middle tones go to either towards the highlights or towards the shadow. So the middle tone, I mean, if digital was really as good as film, then why is Hollywood not using it? Which I mean, hmm. it's still doing film. But the time will come, because it is cheaper, it is much more uh, maneuverable, it's much more practical.
0: F- from, a, from a photographer's perspective, don't you think that it's getting too easy for anyone to pick up? to pick up photography. And do you miss that? Well, there
1: was a time when we used to cook with wood and coal and therefore cooks had a tremendous importance. Right. And, then gas, it and then we got microwave scenes and you know, zap it in and zap it out. The cooks are not so important. Of course they are important because if you really want to eat something tasty, you do need a good cook behind it. Right. I think um, uh, photography is the same. Because, uh, on the contrary, I would say the bar of a photographer has gone up. Hmm. He has to be really, really good and must know his subject or his specialization. Whether it is fashion, whether it is food, or whether it is tabletops, or whether it's architectural, it's industrial, he has to know the entire. So now you cannot just take a digital camera, go and shoot, call yourself a professional unless you know the entire grammar, mathematics, rules, techniques. So in a way, photography, in fact, seriously, if you were a matriculate, you could become a clerk. Nowadays, sometimes, there are management students who are doing clerical work. So therefore, in a way, I think is going to raise the bar. But yes, at this moment of time, because cameras are doing 75 to 80% of your work, the importance
0: to a photographer has gone, gone away. But I think that skill is being now replaced, as you said, the concept that you come up. Yeah. And no. now there were become... photographers
1: and there were photographers. There were photographers who were extremely good technicians. The art directors went to them or people went to them and said, look, this is what we want. And somebody would set it all up and the photographer would just take technically great pictures. Okay. But I'm, a, I'm afraid I've never really been that kind I want that picture to be mine in the sense that, yes, inputs from everybody are welcome. But eventually the concept has to be, I remember Mickey Contractor, the makeup artist, Mm. and and I sitting for days on end, not really shooting anything. What shall we do with Rekha? What shall we do with Madhuri? Mm. What new things can we do with Kajol, who's very limited, got no patience at all? How do we do it? Sometimes we used to just go out and shop for things, we used to work out colors, we used to go and buy backdrop material. Those preparations were all there as a result of which we got them to do what we wanted. The pictures were always ours. So I do think that those kind of photographers are going to do better. But if it is just going to be, please shoot my setup that I think uh, anybody else can do it as well.
0: Those are the questions that I had actually, and it's been it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank uh, you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so it's been great. We talked about a lot of uh, things, you know, right from your experiences. I love your stories. Uh, God,
1: I could tell you another whole day's.
0: Work. I can see that because that is one of the good thing about being a photographer because while the setup is happening, you just get so much time with the subject and you Absolutely. can start talking with them. But the
1: point is, what I'm extremely glad to say, and this is, uh, I hope it's true for most photographers, that almost all my subjects become friends. It doesn't matter. It's not the length of the photo session or yeah. how many photos. Yes, I mean, with Madhuri, I've had 68 photo sessions over a period of 12 years. She's almost like a daughter to me. But even people who have just talked to once or twice, it's the strength of that connection, the communication, that communication, right. that that connectivity,
0: yeah.
1: which makes us friends forever. And I think that is the greatest boon that I would have said I've had as a
0: photographer. Well, on that note, thanks again for my. Thank you so much. And let's
1: uh, go it. Yeah ta da 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 ta.